This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Gerd Lyle back to the podcast. Gerd is a food writer, future food consultant and Olive's regular trends columnist. He also curates the online platform Mother Tongue, celebrating food stories of migration and race and is currently writing his first book exploring second generation Indian identity through food due to publish in March 2023. Hello. Hello. How's the writing going? There? It's good. Nice to be back. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going really well. I've uh, given in the words for working on the pictures, but yeah. uh yeah, it's exciting to talk about other people's books, not mine I was going to say, today. so, so ne- next year you can come back and talk yeah, sure. all about your yeah, book. Absolutely. Um, for, for this episode of the podcast, you're going to share with us your favourite top 10 books for summer. Yeah, absolutely. 2022. Um, there's some great stuff out there. I've just been looking through the list. Absolutely. We're going to rattle through it double quick really, speed. And oh, my God, really fast. Hopefully give people lots of inspiration for what, what to go and what to buy. And um, yeah, let's start with the first one, because this is um, a previous, um, you and the Jane Grigson scholarship, which I, I guess gives you the space and time and a bit of money to, yeah. write, to write the book. This is a previous winner, Riaz Phillips. Tell us about his book. Uh, yeah, Riaz was this year's winner, actually. Yeah. Um, he uh, This is an incredible book, actually. It's called West Winds by Riaz Phillips. Um, 
Riaz uh, was born and raised in London. Mm. Um, and uh, this is a real book that sort of celebrates his Jamaican heritage. Yeah. Um, and it's got, it's full of tales, it's full of dishes. It draws on memories of him being of the Caribbean diaspora bit, um, in London. And then yeah. his time spent living in Jamaica as well. He's a really interesting voice. Yeah. Um, and I think what's great about this book is it really dives into kind of the history of Caribbean food heritage across the country. Um, and really what he's trying to do is kind of unpick the mysteries around Caribbean food. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff around kind of the um, Ital vegan cuisine, loads around fermentation, preservation and kind of raw foods. It's such a unique book and told from, I think, a really sort of unique perspective, which is, I think, why he won the win the Jane Griggson this year. Yeah. Um, the recipes also are so delicious. Yeah. Just so good. There's The ones I have got my eye on are, there's an oxtail and butter beans. Oxtail and butter beans, fantastic comfort food, isn't it? Delicious. There's there's things like a jackfruit stew, there's a jerk chicken, but the recipe, so I'm going to give you one summer recipe for each, fantastic. Uh, each of these I love books. This, yeah. Now, the one that has, I think is the must try for summer is the stuffed crab back, mm. which is just a really delicious looking recipe, really summery. So what he does is he sort of empties the crab shells of the meat and then he kind of mixes them through with sort of allspice seasoning, with coriander, with spring onions, pepper, loads of butter. There's a little bit of coconut at the end and then that all kind of gets mixed up and then put back into the crab shell and is sprinkled with chives and then a huge spritz of lime at the end. It's like Fantastic. summer in a dish. I want to eat it right now, just looking at the picture. Um, and, all, and all of those Caribbean flavours as well, like you said, the scotch bonnets yeah, and the absolutely. Yeah, yeah. all-purpose seasoning. And it just kind of but applied to that really gorgeous fresh crab meat. Yeah, it's got this that freshness, that sort of Caribbean flavour profile to it. Yeah, and I think it's the allspice in particular and the scotch bonnet mixed together, which gives it that, um, that real Jamaican flavour. It looks delicious. Amazing. Must try for the summer. Cool. So that one's out now. That's great. Um, and then on to something which is a little more, um, I guess, seasonal because she does she does work quite a lot with seasonal ingredients, doesn't she? Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is uh, The Last Bite by Anna Hyam. Now, first thing with this book is it's one of those books where I kind of want to buy a second copy to just frame because it's so beautiful. I mean, the cover itself is yeah. just completely uh it's like one of the most beautiful books i think i've seen in a long time so um anna's a really uh interesting chef she's a award-winning pastry chef um she trained at ramsey and um iconic restaurants like gramercy tavern lyle's and floor and she actually most recently was the executive pastry chef for the river cafe okay so like a really high pedigree probably one of the most talented pastry chefs in london and therefore the world arguably yeah. um what i love about this um is it's about having a whole new approach to desserts throughout the year. Mm. Um, so she really sort of plays with seasonal ingredients, innovative flavor combinations. Um, but the thing that I really love most about it is that she sort of makes you engage all your senses when you're thinking about desserts. Yeah. And it's a really interesting approach because she sort of, throughout the whole book, really makes you think about cooking desserts in the same way that you would think about cooking savory food. Yeah. So it's a real, it's a real sort of, it's a small nuance, but actually it sort of just shifts your entire way of, constructing a dessert thinking about the different components thinking about seasoning about acid about kind of the amount of salt to put in delicious recipes there's over 150 of them um some that i've loved the look um the looks of are there's a roasted peach with peach sorbet yeah um there's an olive oil ice cream with rosemary but the one the recipe that's really <laughs> caught my eye um 
is the cherry blossom steamed sponge with sweet and pickled cherries. It looks incredible. It just looks incredible. So this is one of those recipes that I think really summarizes the book because it's a real celebration of the summer season. And Mm. what she does is she has this incredible steam sponge, which has loads of almond through it. Um, It has a sort of cherry blossom vinegar, which she teaches you how to make. Mm. And it has a really interesting spice called malab. Have you ever cooked with malab? I've never come across it. No, it's a really interesting spice. It's often used in Middle Eastern desserts. And it is made from the seeds of the cherry tree. Oh, wow. So what I think is incredible about this is that it, as a dish, it's a real celebration of cherries. But she's gone to the extreme of having the cherry tree seed all the way through to kind of the sweet pickled and um, sort of in-season cherries at the end. And mm. she also creates this incredible sort of cherry dressing. The great thing about it is you can make the sponge, you can just make the pickled cherries, you can just make the cherry dressing and use it as a salad dressing. Yeah, It's really kind of deconstructing desserts in the way that you would savoury food. Um, and it's just so beautiful. I mean, her flavours are incredible. That sounds like a fascinating book and definitely one to buy for a friend who's just really into desserts because like you said thinking about it in a completely different way it approaches it from a completely different way doesn't it I love that completely okay yeah love that one and on to the next um previous guest of the podcast Romy Gill who's fabulous um she came on to talk about her her last book Zyka which was a celebration of Indian vegan food yeah um, so what's the new one about? So Romy, yeah, she's, I mean, she's a brilliant um, sort of British Indian chef. She um, is quite regular on things like Ready, Steady, Cook. She's even, she's even awarded an MBE for um, for her sort of services to food. She, her last book was, you know, this celebration of uh, vegan recipes across India. But this one really deep dives into the cuisine of Kashmir and Ladakh. Mm. So a really unique and very little explored part of the yeah. world. Um, and I think this is actually what's really exciting about... Um, books, particularly about places like Southeast Asia and a sort of Latino countries at the moment, is they're really deep diving into the regionality. Regionality, yeah, it's really big. It's really yeah. big at the moment. And I, I know that you had Monica Gordon on yeah. previously and her <laughs> book, Tali, is just a huge celebration of yeah. the whole spectrum of cuisines that make up India. Um, and what I love is that Romy's just taking that a step further and really going into um, Kashmir and Ladakh. It's a really fascinating part of the world. And this um, this book really is sort of a first-hand deep dive into that. Um, mm. What I love about the cuisine is that it's got this mix of like Mughal, Persian, Afghani and sort of Central Asian flavors with this kind of North Indian sort of vibe to it. So it feels very familiar in some ways, but also it's totally Surprising. unique. Yeah, there's, there's stuff in there I had a flick through earlier and there's stuff in there that I've just... I've just never come across no, before. No, and that's absolutely. what's really fascinating yeah. about it. Like you said, the deep diving yeah. into it and the the micro yeah, you know, yeah, of, yeah. That, of that sort of area exactly. that, she's, that yeah. she's doing. I love she's that. Really, she's really ducked into it. I mean, it's a beautiful book. She traveled there, I think, over lockdown, um, which is incredibly adventurous. I, don't, I can't <laughs> yeah. even imagine the, the you know, literally the physically, the logistics and the hills yeah. she probably climbed. Yeah. But um, some of the recipes I love in this, there's things like momos, there's a Kashmiri Rogan Josh. Mm. Um, the one that's really caught my eye, though, is uh, there's a bottle gourd summer squash cooked in yogurt. Wow. So this is really unique. Um, bottle gourd, have you cooked with bottle gourd or used it I, before? You've you got me You've again. You've got me again. <laughs> bottle gourd is yeah. not something. What, what is it exactly? Um, a bottle gourd, they're, always, they're quite funny. I... My mum used to cook with them a lot growing up and I always used to yeah. think they looked like green moomins. So if you ever see something in a store, in an Indian supermarket or kind of a Turkish mm. supermarket in particular that looks like a green moomin, yeah. that's probably 
a bottle gourd of some sort. Um, but a really unique recipe. Um, she sort of chops up the bottle gourd yeah. um, or the summer squash. They are fried and kind of golden browned. And then it's really sort of made into this sort of like gently simmering curry. It's a really quick dish, but incredible spices like cinnamon, clove, um, cardamom, cumin, a bit of fennel, uh, ground turmeric. And then it's mixed through with Greek yogurt. So mm. this really interesting idea of cooking things in yogurt. Um, and then it's finally sprinkled with some black cumin seeds, which I just love the taste yeah. of. Um, you touched on something there, which is a simplicity, because that that's the third one I've looked at in the book this afternoon, where it's almost just a paragraph, yeah. which I love. Such that's a short recipe. My kind of recipe. It really is. <laughs> so, and every step is like, cook for two minutes, three minutes, and then it's done. So um, just really like getting all those flavors together and yeah, completely. treating it really simply. Fantastic. I love that one. And then on to the next one. I'm going to let you tell me how to pronounce her first name. <laughs> this is, I think I might be saying it wrong, but it's Ishta Belfraj. Ishta, that's Ishta. it, yeah. Uh, and her book is uh, called Mezcla, which... Um, is I think one of the most exciting books. So the the sort of the subheading to this book is recipes to excite, and it yeah. excited me just from the cover alone. Um, a little bit about Ishta. She um, grew up traveling and eating in places like Brazil, which is where her mum's from, mm -hmm. um, Italy, where she lived as a child, and then Mexico, where her grandfather lived. So she and herself is a real sort of mix of all these different influences. And actually, mezcla itself, the word means mix or blend in Spanish. So okay. it's that real sort of celebration of herself and Love who it, she is yeah. kind of through her food. She um, worked at um, Nopi, which is one of the Ossolengi restaurants, mm. um, before then moving over to the Ossolengi Test Kitchen. And actually, she co-authored the book Flavor, which, which is a great an book, incredible yeah. book. I mean, those miso butter onions that were like the standout yeah. dish. <laughs> Three <laughs> ingredients, just complete genius. I still make them very regularly. Um, but it's a really, really exciting book. So um, what is brilliant about it is that it really combines all of those Italian, Brazilian and Mexican influences, but brings mm. in a whole load of other influences as well. Um, it's divided into simpler recipes and then those to spend more time on, yeah. which is great for people like me who don't have much time, but no. still want to dive want into to dive forward into food. It. Yeah, and then keep the longer ones for Completely. if you've got a nice weekend. To, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also over 60% of the book is either vegetarian or easily made vegan. So yeah. really, you know, really sort of, inclusive of everyone and whatever your dietary needs might be but um some of the recipes and again they are just full of flavor like flavor forward in a way that is just completely inspiring so there's a giant cheese on toast with um earth chili butter yeah um, cheese on toast <laughs> who doesn't want you know, an amped up yeah. cheese on toast giant the fact that it's called giant cheese on toast incredible yeah. um there's a chicken with pineapple and induya but the one this is the one that's just yeah. like grabbed my attention is the prawn lasagna with habanero oil. Wow. It's really incredible. So the introduction to this recipe is what I like the most, actually. She talks about how this recipe itself is sort of the ultimate amalgamation of her sort of Italianness with it being lasagna, yeah. the habanero oil with it, you know, the sort of Mexican influence. And she talks about another version that she makes of this, which uses a sort of Brazilian cheese um, sauce called catapiri, oh, catapiri, nice. yeah. which, um, so this is a slightly sort of simplified version of that, um, mm. but it looks delicious. She sort of makes a prawn ragu. It's mixed through with kind of this cheese sauce, layers of pasta, habanero oil, and then there's a very decadent final, flour uh, final flourish of um, cream and even more habanero oil. Yeah. It just looks so flavorful, so delicious. 
very naughty but very good <laughs> and it's, t- it's taking something very familiar isn't it Absolutely. i like that that we that we know like the ragu the lasagna the layering and then putting all these different twists and totally. flavors on it totally so you can approach it you kind of go i know what i'm i know what it's going to look yeah. like but yeah. it's going to be but from a flavor perspective it's just going to throw me in a completely different direction yeah. the idea of a prawn ragu itself is just incredible i mean yeah. it's got things like uh, white miso paste, uh, white wine, um, and she really sort of a lot of garlic, a lot of cherry tomatoes. A really exciting yeah, book. Yeah, um, you're right though. I had a flick through the book, and I remember being like hit in the face by all of these. <laughs> that's going to take. You know, you it's going to just jump know. Off the you plate just know. And, yeah, you just know. Fantastic. Yeah, incredible. Okay. The next one, um, it's not a new book, but it is from a food legend. It is from an absolute food legend. So this is The Book of Jewish Food by yeah. Claudia Radin. What's really exciting about it is that it was 25 years since this wow. book was published. So uh, this book was first published in 1997. And I mean, she is just sort of the figurehead yeah. that revolutionized the way that the West thinks about both Middle Eastern food, Mediterranean food, and then actually just food of the Jewish diaspora Definitely. kind of um, in general. It's an incredible book. The 25th anniversary edition has lots of new content in it. Mm. Um, there's over 800 recipes in it. I was going to say, it. it's huge. It is huge. And you can kind of read it like a storybook. Yeah. It's just, there are so many stories. There is, she has kind of incredible dishes from her native Egypt all the mm. way through to kind of recipes just from across the Jewish diaspora. Mm. Um, and it's really split into kind of the Ashkenazi world and then the Sephardic world as well. So you kind of have things like challah bread and wine poached salmon and then kind of from the Sephardi world, things like tabbouleh falafel. Um, the recipe that really caught my attention is actually from the Sephardic section. Um, yeah. It is the chicken with aubergine sauce. Um, again, it's got a handful of ingredients, but what's incredible about this recipe is that it uses those small number of ingredients in a really sort of, it's almost frugal, but kind of it takes it so, so far. So you sort of have a whole chicken that's kind of poached and then you use the poaching liquor to kind of create a sauce with some aubergine but then with the chicken breasts, you sort of make these chicken balls wow. and then the rest of the chicken isn't kind of incorporated in. So it's this incredible kind of layered dish. Mm. Um, it's actually Turkish in origin, the dish. Um, it's a sort of traditional dish um, eaten on the Sabbath in Turkey. And I just love the fact that it's got this simplicity of so few ingredients. So there's like chicken, pepper, onion, bay, um, almonds, Yeah, it really is. Isn't it? But, it's all pantry ingredients. But then it's just basically how you prepare it with lots Completely. of love and care Absolutely. and like, you know, bringing everything to Completely. it. Um, and I mean, the book itself is like, it's such a huge academic work, really, isn't it? So Completely. much research must have gone into that. Completely. I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it was over 16 years of research. And now I think with the new content that's been added to it, sort yeah. of 25 years later, I mean, she's just an institution yeah. of, a, of, a, of a lady, such an I mean, inspiring to so many people, including myself. Yeah. Um, and for me, I just love the fact that, you know, now is a moment to really celebrate 25 years of the book and whatever else Claudia might do next, because yeah. she is going it's strong. And is, yeah, exactly. And is a, you know, is a brilliant voice yeah. still. Maybe, maybe in the future heard. we can do a, um, a podcast looking back at some classic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cookery writers, because often, you know, there's so much content that comes out that Completely. you forget about people who got this back yeah. catalogue of no, totally. stuff. And for me, any excuse to talk about yeah. Julia Child and Fanny Craddock, I am totally I'm there. there. I'm there. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> um, 
and then on to a newer, yes. um, a new well, a cuisine that's getting more and more popular. Sri Lankan, Sri Lankan, absolutely. So this book is called Rambutan yeah. by a brilliant London-based chef called uh, Cynthia Shan Magalingham. She is a British Sri Lankan cook. Uh, she grew up in Coventry, not far from where I was born in Leicester. Um, she, um, you know, this is a real celebration of her Sri Lankan heritage and the dishes that she grew up sort of with her Tamil family, but mm. done through her sort of London hackney lens, yeah. which is, again, you know, gives it a kind of real interesting twist. She's a really innovative, exciting chef. that's um, doing lots of exciting stuff. Um, she's been doing pop-ups at places like uh, Dodger Dining Express, the Asma Khan restaurant. Um, she did pop-ups at places like Quivardis, which mm. is uh, the Jeremy restaurant in um, Soho. What is incredible about this book is that it's full of stories. It's full of travel. It's got sort of uh, lots of sort of anecdotes from kind of ancient Sri Lankan heritage all the way through to modern kind of, you know, what is happening in Sri Lanka today, which yeah. everyone has seen a lot about in the news. You know, she's really a kind of a, a voice talking about how she feels about all of that and how she reflects on her own Sri Lankan identity. Yeah. And she really also, you know, dives into the heritage of Sri Lankan cuisine, which has got influences that are sort of from Java, from Malay, Indian influences, Arab yes. influences, and actually the British influences. She really does, yeah. you know, she talks really a lot about that. It's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful it book. It is the photography shot as well, is isn't it? Totally it's stunning. so lovely. Um, some of the recipes, there is a coconut dal with kale, which is just delicious looking. Yeah. Um, there's a cashew nut curry, um, a pickled pork curry, and there's this incredible dessert, which is called a, I think it's a Ravana cake or a Ravana cake, um, which oh. I think is going to blow up Instagram this summer because it really? just looks incredible. I missed that one. What does it look like? Uh, it's kind of this sort of really incredible sponge that's just covered in coconut. Okay, lovely. And it just, it's like a cellar. <laughs> if you like coconut, this is like the one. Yeah. Speaking of coconut, though, the recipe that's really caught my attention is the black coconut mm, pineapple curry. That sounds incredible. Uh, so this is a vegan recipe. Um, again, it it looks like it has lots of ingredients in it, but it actually, when you break it down, it's actually a really simple recipe. So what she does is she starts by making a black spice mix. Mm. Now, the black spice mix has got things like curry leaves, cinnamon, coriander, black pepper, cumin, fenugreek, fennel seeds, and they're sort of toasted to the point just before birth. Oh, really? So you have to be <laughs> so very, So you have very to be careful. very, very careful because you yeah. don't want all those bitter tannins to start coming in. But she just takes you right to that point and then what's added to give a kind of extra sort of toasted, sort of roasty flavour mm. is um, toasted coconut, which is again taken to just before mm. it burns. Wow. That's what's really interesting about this is that she's making you think about something like coconut, mm. taking it to that point, but you almost use it as a seasoning. Seasoning, yeah. So in the same way that you might use like a smoked salt or you might mm. add some kind of like black cardamom or something to give that smoky quality... That's kind of what happens here. Um, I love it. It's really simple. After the spice mix is made, she sort of caramelizes um, chunks of pineapple, which is sort of cooked really gently with sort of uh, green chilies, a bit of ginger, some more curry leaves. The black spice mix is added. Um, and then it's just finished off with a little bit of apple cider vinegar, um, which kind of gives it that final tang. Amazing, yeah. Super simple um, in terms of, you know, there's quite a few ingredients, but actually you it once you've got them in the pan, you don't really yeah, do much exactly, with them. Yeah. And it's so unique and yeah. sound, you know, it's kind of, kind of got this sort of sweet, sour, very Sri Lankan uh, sort of flavour profile and oh. um, definitely one I want to try this summer. Oh. And talking of seasoning. Seasoning. Our next yes. book is all about it one is, of the big seasonings. It is the biggest season of all, Sea Salt. Uh, and the book is called Sea Salt. Uh, 
It is by the Lee Wilson family, who are the people behind Hallen Mon Sea Salt mm. uh, in Anglesey, Wales. Um, they've been making their sea salt for over 20 years. It's an incredible family-run business. Um, I've actually visited there. And the setup they have is just such a sort of joyful, wonderful, sort of family-run kind of yeah. enterprise. The entire family is in it. And what I love is that this book is... The, the authors on the cover are yeah. the Lee Wilson family. And you really get a sense <laughs> so of that. So it's a proper family cookbook. It really is a family cookbook. Um, they partnered with um, another incredible food writer actually called Anna Shepherd on this recipe oh, book. Oh yeah, she's great. She, who is brilliant. Um, and really what this is, it's called Sea Salt, a perfectly seasoned cookbook. And it really does give you a kind of deep dive into what perfect seasoning can do for your food yeah. in terms of elevating it. Um and, you know, they, they educate you about things like salt crystals and how different places, well, if the different places that you can add salt into a recipe will kind of impact. Mm. Depends on where you put it in and where, how you put where it, in, it yeah. is, When you put it in, where it is, whether it's meat, whether it's vegetables, whether it's tomatoes, whether it's onions, they really kind of explain that, but in a really accessible way. Mm. Um, there's quite a lot about brining and pickling and curing. And the recipes are just so flavor forward and vibrant. Um, a couple that kind of really grab my attention, there's a citrus and bitter leaf salad with ricotta, which just looks incredible. Wow. Um, a fermented chili and spring onion fish cake. Um, and then there's a dark chocolate and rum truffle tart. That sounds good. <laughs> but the one, yeah. this is the recipe. And again, this is another one that I think is going to blow up Instagram because the minute I saw the picture of it, I was just, in th I was captivated by it. Um, <laughs> It's a vanilla and raspberry creme brulee. Nice. Um, so what, again, as with the kind of lasagna we were talking about that Ishta did, yeah. a creme brulee is just universally loved. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows and loves a creme brulee. So the three interesting twists about this are, firstly, there are kind of smushed up raspberries in the base, which is just such a wonderful treat to have it's at the bottom. so summery which is as well. So summery. Um, you can use fresh berries, you can use um, frozen berries. And actually for me, it's inspired me to think about other fruits you could put in, you mm. know, like passion fruit or mango, whatever it might be. So just this idea of having this fruity layer. Um, the custard itself is infused with vanilla and bay. Oh, I love bay custard. I, love bay. It's I great. totally love bay custard. But then the kind of killer twist is that um, the sort of, crunchy Crunch crackling topping, yeah. topping is not just sugar it's a salted sugar crunch oh, wow. top so again it's just bringing in that extra layer of flavor and teaching you how actually seasoning something like a creme brulee can just elevate it to something completely different i can taste it i, I know the, it's just... the crunchier because i'm a salt fiend i mean i think most people who work in food are oh, they're aren't totally they? i mean our tolerance to salt <laughs> and we're all crisp addicts so <laughs> but yeah i love that one um, yeah really exciting book and again it's another one that's just totally beautiful the cover itself um i think was done by uh jess who's one of the lee wilson family and i think it's the marbling that she has after it's beautiful. so beautiful yeah. Um, and then on to, to more big flavors. Um, this one is um, by Hassan Sameh. It is. Um, also known as Big Hass. Known as Big Hass. Uh, YouTube sensation. You, and <laughs> absolute YouTube sensation. So um, Big Hass, he is a half Turkish Cypriot, half British chef. Total YouTube sensation. He um, has this thing he does on YouTube every Sunday called Sunday Sessions. I am an obsessive fan of it. Do you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I watched it's it. It's so, good fun. It's Sitting so in his garden, fun. shouting at his family. It is <laughs> pretty much that. I mean, it is really chaotic yeah. and 
just full of energy yeah. and often quite sweary, but very, it's very a bit sweary. But there's a real love of cooking. Oh, there's an there absolute really? joy. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a really interesting, yeah. um, a, a really interesting chef himself. I mean, he left school, tried his hand at things like plumbing and security, and then eventually got um, accepted onto Jamie Oliver's 15 program. Oh, wow. So he really kind of learned the ropes in that program. But then he actually went on to restaurants uh, like Palatino and Sardine. Amazing. Very trendy restaurants. Really trendy yeah. restaurants. And like Palatino in particular yeah. was sort of creating some of the most incredible pasta in, in the city when it mm. opened. So that's really where he learned his craft. And it all really comes through in this book. So the book's called Big Cass Home. Um, it's a celebration of the recipes and the people that made him today. So there's a lot that covers kind of the nostalgic Turkish Cypriot classics he grew up with. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of barbecuing because all of his videos uh, on YouTube, <laughs> whether it's rain or shine, he's sitting in his garden, he's sitting in his garden around a barbecue <laughs> and you it. can. Um, but then there's also a lot of kind of modern Mediterranean stuff. So stuff yeah. that he would have kind of, you know, um, taken from Palatino and Sardine. So some of the recipes, which just sound delicious. Mm. And again, the names of the recipes, there's a grilled buttermilk chicken thigh with chamula. Yeah, sounds delicious. Mm a flame-licked steak with a salsa verde. Um, and actually, there's also some incredible desserts in this as well. Um, the one that's kind of caught my eye is the poached chicken spaghetti. Yeah. Um, again, this is a recipe which has very few ingredients, but it's so clever with how it uses those ingredients and is so sort of flavor forward with that, that it's just... <laughs> Like it, it's astonishing to even imagine yeah. that all of that could even that flavor could be made with so few ingredients. So, effectively, again, it's taking a whole chicken that then sort of gets poached, but then some of the chicken gets the stock gets used to cook the spaghetti. Yeah, the chicken is then sort of um, is sort of fried to kind of give it a sort to get of a, the crisp a, of a, a crisp, the skin. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing out more of that flavor, but then it's finished off with halim cheese mint. Yeah. and um either chili flakes or what he recommends using is turkish ketchup oh. and lots of salt lots of pepper i've never had turkish ketchup i haven't ever had turkish ketchup okay, and I this have... and i'm going to get some just to make this <laughs> recipe um in his own words uh finished with some spicy turkish ketchup it sounds rank but it bangs promise so <laughs> i also i like i like the fact he uses the intro to say um, my mum used to make this and it wasn't very good. It wasn't good. very good. This is my take on it. the hell out exactly. of the chicken. So I've just done it for, you know. Exactly. He's, he's like, fair enough. She's totally. tried it and she likes it. So. But I think this is, what, what actually excites me about this book, um, along with actually the Rambi's Humbug we were talking about earlier, yeah. is it's people taking the food of their heritage. So in Big Hass's case, him being mm. half um, Turkish Cypriot in um, Cynthia's case being kind of Sri Lankan and then giving their twist on it yeah. based on their London lives today. Yeah, yeah. And I just love that. It's kind of taking ownership of of that desperate cuisine and going, well, this is what I've then done with it yeah. and continuing the story. You know, I don't have to be like, I don't have to revere it. I, no. can, I can I can say, look, mum, I, I think if we did this to it, we could improve it. You know, <laughs> exactly. there's nothing wrong with and that. And Big Hass's case saying, actually, mine's better yeah. than my mum's, which is a bold claim to make. But no, I love that. Exactly. It's actually continuing the story. It's yeah. celebrating it through putting your own twist on it, I love which that. I love. Yeah. And on to another single ingredient. There's yes. a lot of, it's very trendy at the minute to do single ingredient um, recipe book, isn't it? It's Tomato mm. by Claire Thompson. Mm. Uh, she is a chef and food writer who's based in Bristol. Um, she's another Instagram sensation. Yeah, she's I, great love her videos. It's five um, o'clock April on Instagram. She is five o'clock April on, um, yeah. on Instagram. So she really is a champion of kind of delicious flavor forward family mm. cooking. She has this brilliant no waste ethos. Her Instagram videos are like an absolute joy to watch. What I love is that she often has her daughters involved um, in the videos and 
She does this thing where she makes lunchbox snacks for her kids. And what she proves is that actually, even for kids, you don't need to compromise on flavor. No. You, if anything, should do the opposite. You should bombard them with yeah, delicious flavor for taste. Things, yeah. I, and I, I, love, I love the way that she yeah. um, celebrates all of that. This is um, 80 recipes all about tomatoes. Um, it celebrates... You know, what she calls the extraordinary world of tomatoes. Yeah. But what's great about this is that it's not just fresh in-season tomatoes, no. which are obviously peak in-season right now. It actually also talks about canned, bottled and pureed varieties. So really yeah. it's about celebrating tomatoes yeah. through the year. Let's face it, who hasn't got one of those in their store cupboard at the minute? I, I've got loads. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm always on the lookout for What like, can I do with Well, yeah, exactly. Or also like, what are the really good, for, you know, what are the ones that I should be looking out for? I'm Completely. always trying to find those like nice, rich, extra rich tomatoes that are going to give my sauces that bit of oomph. An extra so, yeah. oomph. Um, some of the recipes that really grab my attention, there's a peach tomato and feta salad, uh, which just looks completely delicious. Mm. Um, she has a sort of carpaccio of tomatoes with tapenade, a gazpacho, a really delicious pasta sauce, which is tomato, sausage, nutmeg and mascarpone. I wow. just love that combination. But the one that's caught my attention, um, now when I first saw these three words written in the same recipe, my mind was blown. <laughs> Roasted tomato falafel yeah i'm wondering how does that work genius complete <laughs> genius so what she does is sort of roasts tomatoes for sort of 25 minutes yeah um which really intensifies them brings out all the sweetness all the tartness and actually tomatoes are just full of umami especially when you kind of get them to that really sort of roasted sort of um point and then those roasted tomatoes are just added to the mix with loads of herbs mm. um the chickpeas she uses ground coriander um ground cumin some sweet paprika and then they're fried off and served with a tomato yogurt, lots of pickles. She'll get that bright. She says they're brick red. They're brick and I red. think for this, you would have to go down the um, the um, the classic way of making falafel, which is with dried chickpeas. Yeah, I think so. Because I think if you try to use it tinned, you, they'd be too mushy, wouldn't they? I think they would if you're going to add that extra kind of roasted tomato yeah, element yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, um, sure. But it's just, it's such an exciting way of kind of bringing that extra level of fla flavor yeah. into falafels. Again, something that's just so universally loved, but gives you that extra flavor twist. Um, and again, something that you could do kind of year round with um, out of season tomatoes as well. Gorgeous. And finally, I can't believe we've got, we've got through, through it. Through so yes. quickly. Well done. Um, but not least is um, Kintai, um, yes. which is a gorgeous book by John Chantasarak. Is that right? Chant I think it's Chantarasak. Chantarasak, sorry. <laughs> sorry, John. Uh, so um, yeah, John's a really incredible, brilliant Again, really innovative chef. He is half Thai, half British, um, and trained at the Cordon Bleu in uh, Bangkok. Mm. Um, he then actually worked at a restaurant called Nam, which is, I think, considered one of yeah. the most sort of it's one of the most highly regarded <clears throat> Thai restaurants in the world. But then, sort of in in the meantime, over in the UK, has been doing incredible things with his um, sort of pop up, -up residency yeah. called Anglo Thai. Uh, and again, he really celebrates this idea of being half Thai and half British and the fact that, you know, he's a sort of hybrid amalgamation of all these things and he's really celebrating his identity through yeah. his cooking and I kind of love that. Um, Kin Thai itself translates to eat Thai um, and this is a collection of 80 recipes, some that are lesser well known but some which are kind of more popular kind of Thai dishes that you might know. There's loads of snacks, relishes, curries, stir fries and salads. Um, some of the recipes that really caught my attention are the roast duck and lychee red curry. That sounds good. Which sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, there's a coconut and galangal, sorry, coconut and galangal soup with wild mushrooms. 
So the one recipe that I think everyone needs to try for the summer is the grilled beef ribeye with waterfall salad. Gorgeous. How delicious does that sound? So this is um, a grilled ribeye that is marinated in things um, like uh, fish sauce, sugar, white pepper. It's then sort of cooked on a char grill. And the waterfall, the idea of the waterfall comes from the fact that as the meat grills... Yeah the sort of fat and juices that are on the meat drip down onto the coals and then the smoke comes back up oh. and kind of infuses the meat. So it's this idea Amazing. of kind of yeah. the dripping juices going onto the hot coals, which yeah. is what the waterfall is. It's so poetic. I just love the whole idea of it uh, being called the waterfall. It's then sort of mixing with the salad, which is kind of full of uh, things like coriander, mint, red onion, lemongrass, lime leaves, Looks really tangy, really charred, really flavorful. You know, a great one for barbecue. That lovely fresh zing on top totally. with all of those amazing. Absolutely, herbs. Um, and then it's finished with toasted rice powder, oh, yeah, which, which gives is, kind of a gives that real authentic Thai flavor, doesn't it? Completely. Yeah. And again, another completely beautiful book. I mean, it's one of the most stunning covers yeah. I think I've seen. Um, and again, a real sort of flavor punch of yeah. a recipe book, which and a great example of publishers allowing totally. the authors to be who they are completely than trying to push them into, absolutely you know a preconceived idea completely. of what Thai food is completely lovely so many brilliant books there Good. I know I'm really hungry now <laughs> eating all of that thank you so much for coming no to problem. share all that today it's been brilliant chatting to you thanks for having me thank you for listening to the olive podcast for recipes and more information head to olivemagazine.com do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.